All right, welcome back to another episode of Insight Flicks. Uh, this is where we talk about the things that we watched in the world of movies and television. And we also like to talk about some of the things that happened in the world of uh, movies and television. I'm your host, Mike. And like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. And, you know, we get together on a weekly basis to talk about these things. And I want to, you know, before we kind of go into some of the, the some of the movies that Raymond watched because Raymond w- mm-hmm. was on a on a rampage the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks and saw a slew of new releases in theaters got some mm-hmm. you also got some uh, you went to some special screenings so you got some early early mm-hmm. uh, takes on some of the movies that are coming out in the in a couple of weeks but before kind of we go into that um you know we didn't really talk about the death of Paul Rubens and director William Freakin. So let's just start with that first. And let's just go into kind of, cause I, cause I wanted to go into uh, Paul uh, Rubens. Cause I recently went back and, and rewatched uh big, Wee uh, <laughs> Pee Wee's big <laughs> adventure hit the first original film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of like talk about not just that movie, but also talk about kind of the early uh, career of Paul Rubens and, uh, well, yeah. Let me throw it to Rich. What, what's yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Pee Wee. Uh, well, he'll be all, for. Uh, unfortunately, he'll always be Pee Wee. Uh, but Paul Rubens, the actor, he did his job, and um, he he made a name for himself. And uh, unfortunately, he had a little slip up there in the nineties. Um, uh, you know, getting caught. You know, career wise. <laughs> Getting caught in, but the- he bounced. He bounced back. He he ended up bouncing back, and uh, thanks to Tim Burton, I think uh, he, he once again uh, was getting, was getting uh, some small roles, and he ended up being in, um, working with Johnny Depp in Blow, and uh, um, you know cementing himself back as a, a, a good working actor. And, well, I, and, I think uh, you know the, the thing is, even though with the controversy of him getting caught in the in the porn studio or the porn mm-hmm. theater thing, mm-hmm. I, I think he he never really lost any fans over it. I think you know. Uh, no, no, no. But uh, uh, he was, you know, once you're um, uh, well, labeled as as a child, you know, uh, or no, just celebrity, what uh, whatever to uh, the the peewee, yeah, the, yeah. When we the the. The big celebrity it, part of his, his career is the Pee Wee's big uh, playhouse, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. yeah so, no. I, that that was that was that's horrible for his career. But yeah. I think maybe uh, Mike maybe has a point that maybe uh, all the the fans that he had back then, you know, that were you know they were kids. Uh, I don't think you know when you know once they grew up and they look back at that whole situation, they were like, oh, oh, you know. I guess I'm still a fan. <laughs> you know, well, I, I don't I think, think it really. Well, there's no. I mean, there's no such thing uh, to when you're kids. There's no such person as Paul Rubens. Right. Uh, it's all. It's only Pete. Right. So right. That's, that's right. It's, if the so. if the mug shot was him in full costume, I think that, that <laughs> yes. would be a problem. The, yeah. the fact that he had like long hair and a goatee, I think you could disassociate yourself of what, of who Paul Rubens was and who Pee right. Wee was in, in our minds. Now, when mm-hmm. Pee Wee came out. You know, in the what early '80s, I was you know right age target. You know, I was the target demographic, and and to be you know to be honest, totally honest, I was never a huge fan of Pee Wee. But when I heard that, like, you know, he getting he's getting he got arrested or whatever, <laughs> I, I I didn't it didn't phase me you know that much. I mean, I, he, of course, you know, we joked in in <laughs> school about it, and it was kind of like, what uh, year did that happen? 
oh, I think it was in early 90s, maybe late 80s, 89 maybe. But, you know, like a, a Playhouse was, I think, already done. It's, you know, he, yeah. was, he was kind of finished with it. He was already ready to move on. Uh, so it, it kind of felt like he was, you know, that kind of part of the, him, you know, his career was like kind of over anyway. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, you know, he did this comeback in the MTV Awards for the, you know, he showed himself, you know, as yeah, the he bounced ca- right back, basically. He, yeah. yeah. It was like a couple months later after the arrest, he made the first public appearance and full Pee Wee Herman uh, costume at the MTV um, Music Awards or Movie Awards. I'm not sure which one, but mm-hmm. you know, it was a huge kind of uh, uh, crowd reaction saying, you know, we still love you. And I remember seeing that live and remember thinking, oh, so he's going to bounce back. This is nothing. So, and it's also, you know, it, it was, I don't know. I think the arrest felt kind of dirty because of what the cops did. You know what I mean? Because like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily indecent exposure. It was cops looking to bust somebody, you know, it was a stink operation. You know, I don't know. I, I, I never really got the sense that he was. I don't know, like, no, I mean, it, it was, it was just, um, uh, like an unnecessary, uh, bust of a, of a, of a celebrity, uh, right. of a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I think, I mean, especially after like in the early nineties when there was a bunch of celebrities getting busted, you got the Hugh Grant, you know, either after that or before that, you know, there was, there was a couple, you know, Robert Dowdy Jr. was kind of on the, on the. He was doing his drug thing, and he was getting caught and arrested too. So there, there was kind of like enormity of seeing uh, celebrities getting their mugshot. It was, and it was a thing, you know, in, in the early nineties. And uh, I, I, I think, I think eventually, when when he when Paul Rubens became like more of a, a supporting or character actor, when he like appeared in like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, and he did a really good job at it. You know, he's probably one of the highlights of that movie. Um, I think. We're we're more acceptable of like say we want to see this guy grow and become a better actor or more of like you know established actor, and mm-hmm. unfortunately he didn't really get that those opportunities because, you know he would he would appear like like what Rich said he would appear in Blow he would appear in in, in Batman Returns, but he never really got that role that you know made him like a really established U- character actor Uber famous yeah, once again no um but um um. Yeah, but, but, he always, but he still always had Pee Wee. I mean, mm-hmm, like he, yeah. he, I mean, he still like did multiple like sequels to the movie. And while they were never as popular as the first movie, I think a lot of that had just had to do with Tim Burton. But, uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, I think the character never died. Is the, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it was it was kind of part there. It was part of the 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 zeitgeist. You know, uh, you got who was the other guy? Um, uh, the character act, the character uh, Earl. Was it Earl? Not Earl. Was it Earl? Earl. He was in Pixar. Earl. He did a yeah. voice in, in Toy Story. Yeah. I'll, oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, he Jim Barney. I'm saying, I'm saying he's a similar uh, character. They came out at the same time. Um, oh, Ernest, Jim Barney. Okay. Ernest. 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 Yeah. Ernest goes to prison. Was that one of the one of the titles of the films? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, like that was a similar character, you know, like a goofy character that would appeal to a young audience and would have a lot of series, you know, a lot of, you know, 
and 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 who I forgot who plays uh, Ernest, um, the actor, but he would he has you know he he was a voice Jim of Jim Varney. What's his name? Jim Varney. Jim Varney, right? And so he is also another kind of per, you know great character actor who was kind of stuck as being Ernest, even though he had a voice in Toy Story. Uh, but I, I remember seeing him, you know, doing a lot of these kind of kids shows too. He was like, I think there was a science show. I can't remember what it was called, but. Yeah, so like, and well, he was also like you know like uh, Ro- Rowan Atkinson. Oh yeah, Mr. Bean. Bean. Mr. Bean was huge at the same time, and this is all kind of part of that, that 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 kind of I guess market that that Pee Wee Herman was able to, you know, launch. You know, there was a kind it's of a, it's basically just like these these characters that these comedians created that just ended up having immense success. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that's really has to do with Pee Wee, and I would say, in a lot of ways, I was thinking about this when I was watching uh, Big Adventure. Um, it, he, the Pee Wee character, really reminded reminded me of of what Andy Kaufman did with mm-hmm. the Yaka uh, character in Taxi, or you know that kind of like it's almost exactly the same thing. And we don't we don't really have that anymore, right? Like any like kind of like comedic actors comedian actors that kind of like create these characters and stuff it, it, it pops up every once in a while but it well, doesn't... like ted lasso <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah i mean it's i mean it's kind of boring right well it's all kate mckinnon's career because <laughs> oh, okay. like i because I, like when i think back like i just go it kind of like stops at like um mike myers yeah <laughs> they just make up uh characters and they just uh Say, say their lines as characters that's what it yeah. is. Most, most of them like yeah. but all their characters are just like the same performance over and over again mm-hmm. i i yeah i, I, I yeah it's, it's a different time i guess it, it was a different time and i think um you know when i think when i think about Wee herman as the character i think of like the, the a certain style that 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 la had like an la you know it was the groundlings it was like kind of that sketch comedy and I think from, from and it, it was kind of very much rooted in in catch or or, or you know like fifties um, uh, aesthetic. You know they were kind of it's very retro, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And and there from that kind of comedic movement, you had Danny Elfman, Tim Burton. They're all kind of this West Coast, you know, art movement and. You know, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy, that 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 came from that. You know, or, or um, uh, who was the other cartoon? Um, you know, you know, there was many cartoons of the of, the, of that kind of. You know, I guess Simpsons a, a bit. You know, even though I'm not sure where Matt Groening came from. I don't know if he was from, from uh West Coast, but it, it, there's a kind of sensibility of that kind of goofy silliness, re- retro, but you know you know kind of bringing 50 aesthetic you know and 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 then that's what i got when i was rewatching big adventure even though that you know that movie is just kind of a, a crazy uh silly uh movie about a kid looking for his or i guess you know whatever you call peewee uh, a grown man or arrested development man who's looking for his bike you know i haven't seen peewee's big adventure in a while I don't know. I think you're being a little harsh. I I I love that movie. I thought I think that movie is like just so I'm not, so wildly creative. I think a lot I'm of not, it, I'm not it, it's, it's 
Oh, okay. I'm not saying it as a, as a criticism. I'm just saying that right. I'm saying that I think that's just the style it was at the time. And I'm saying that's it's distinctly um, a Los Angeles or kind of a Southern California type of group. You know, when I even I compare, like, say, Paul Rubens to an Annie Kaufman, because Annie Kaufman came from the East Coast from, you know, in his stuff came, you know, he was an, uh, he was a New Yorker or whatever. That felt a little more, had a little more edge, where L.A. was a little more kind of retro, more silliness. And, I'm, and, and this is not a criticism. I'm just saying this is the kind of difference between the two coasts and, the you know, the comedic brand of that era. But there's nothing new to that comedy. I mean, I mean, the, 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 the most uh, famous person that ever, that ever did that type of comedy was probably um, um, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Well, I guess it it all really kind of comes down to performance when it comes to mm-hmm. these kind type of characters. Um, yeah, but I that's kind of like what's missing from comedians today. I would say so. It, I would say so. It's, it's certainly a devotion to one character where I think comedians nowadays are trying. Well, to... it was actually it was a devotion to multiple characters. It's just these are the ones that stuck. Right? <laughs> these are the ones that kind of like that kind of got a TV show and got a movie and all that. And you kind of saw a little bit of that from SNL, you know, at one point, mm-hmm, but, yeah. but, would, um, would you throw McGruber, McGruber <laughs> in, in that category as like maybe possible? Yeah, but it's, it, it was never, it was never that big though. Right. It was yeah. never, it was more of a cult thing, but yeah, yeah absolutely. But it's like the cult version. I guess the, uh, long... I would also, I, I, I guess I was, you could put like, I guess like Tim and Eric in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah that was, that's I, more of a, more of a deeply cult and. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, the, like Neil Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, you know, uh, Odekirk and, 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 and uh, Bob. Um, uh, David Cross. David Cross. Right. I guess the, the they were kind of doing the same type of comedy but then putting a lot of edge this is this is right yeah. now the the 90s and then you know yeah. the alternative com- comedy has exploded and now it's like turning away from the kind of child audience and really kind of going after that college demographic well it's going it's almost like going for the same audience but they're just older now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're and they're making a lot more kind of uh darker jokes and Induendos, and you know, it's it's much more for that yeah. college group. You know, college. Uh, you know, I guess you could say Conan is like kind of like that too, um, and, but a much more kind of mainstream way. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess what PB brought in, or what Paul Rubens brought, was like kind of the early days of the alternative comedy that would happen, that would really explode in the nineties, and I think all that stuff it kind of has died down or. Maybe it has just become mainstream. It become, has become the new, you know, Saturday Night Live, you know, or, you know, whatever they're doing right now or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But, but it just, I guess it's just more common. But going back to uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. You want to talk, uh, talk. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing now that I, I didn't bring up that, <laughs> that whole event in his career anyway. <laughs> uh, about what? Getting uh, getting arrested, you know, getting arrested. I mean, it's it's part of his legacy. I mean, yes, like, but why 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 would why bring it up when he's died? Why I, why bring well, it? Up? I, bring it I, well, I bring it up because I think it didn't really affect him as you know his fan base. Or still, they I, continue I, I'm to. I'm saying, 
the 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 um the man Paul oh. Rubens. Okay. He 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 suffered for the uh, the last couple of years. He kept it secret. He died. You mean you talk about his, his let, death, um, his, his cancer diagnosis? Let and... him okay rest in peace. He died from cancer. <laughs> kept it a secret. He didn't he didn't want any of his friends to know. He he you know he went out like a baller. Is that baller? <laughs> According yeah, well, rich. you know, like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, you, I mean, look, like he was deeply a, a private person, and it, it seemed yes. like he, even this, this stuff was, you know, and and there was a and there was a lot of celebrity praise of, uh, uh, from him and uh, from his friends saying that he'd always text them a lot similar to, um, uh, uh um, uh, what's his Bob name? Bob Saget, Bob Saget, yes, a lot of praise that that those two really got along with their friend uh, with their friends i mean from you know saying hello at any 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 attempt or whatever uh just by um you know like simple texts and stuff like that a friendly greeting at any at, at any moment especially during mm-hmm. the birthdays and stuff like that so it's just you know he's just one of those guys that um it it's he'll be missed no matter what all right so um but, uh did, did you guys ever watch that? What was it? I guess like the third, like the third Pee Wee movie. The, oh, the, the Judd ne- Apatow, the, the Judd Apatow one. The one on Netflix. Yeah. No, I never, I never caught it. Never caught it. And that that thing sucked. <laughs> but you know what? Paul Rubens is still great. You know what I mean? It's just you know, not everyone was able to kind of you know bring kind of Paul Rubin's kind of peewee character and his sense of humor and mm-hmm. his world to life the way Tim Burton did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, it's like if they brought back Tim Burton to to do that Netflix movie back, you know, what was that, like five years ago, whatever, maybe even longer at this point, would Tim Burton have still been able to bring that magic or is he just like completely out of it now? Yeah. No, Tim, he's got Wednesday. I mean, he did got, Wednesday, the series, and that did, became a huge hit. But I, 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 I would say this: I, I don't but, know if the Pee Wee. I mean, nothing. But nothing that Tim Burns done in like the past two decades, like really compares to what he did, what he did in throughout the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Wednesday, which is his, is the biggest thing in his career he ever done in his career. Yeah, so. it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. But it's the biggest thing in it. And uh, Beetlejuice is the one that's gonna, t- uh, you oh, know. I hope Beetlejuice too is good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wish I wish Tim Burton had you know done that third uh, Dewey movie. I, I think he could have definitely helped, but eh. Yeah. I mean, so you guys never watched it, right? No. The 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 Netflix one you're talking about. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't check it out. But um. In it all, mainly because it didn't really get that great of reviews and it kind of went under the radar anyway. Um, it was, I think it was a little bit too late, you know, the kind of, you didn't watch it for, you didn't watch it for your boy, uh, Joe Ma- Mangalino. <laughs> no. Or Paul Rust, he, Roost. He, I think he wrote the, the, the film. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But I, I, I think the there, it, the problem is like, it, it has to, I, I think I'll, any, you know, again, you know, it, this is all kind of wishful thinking anyway. I mean, Pee Wee had to, I think he's, when I heard that, he, you know, Paul Rubens passed away, I just think Pee Wee Herman, the character, just was a product 
of that early 80s Los Angeles, you know, comic movement at the time. So I don't and it's hard to really recapture that same spirit, you know, many, you know, to, you know, many decades later. I, I just don't know if the the same people, you know, like it, it just it would be totally different. So, I mean, I don't know what would have. I don't know how you would kind of incorporate that same character into now to today's, you know, standards or, or today's okay, sensibilities. Well, well, let's go back to what you were saying earlier. So what, what was your experience like rewatching this movie? Well, I haven't, you know, big of, of adventure. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, um, yeah. And it, I, the, I just, <laughs> it, it really, to me, it came out more of a, a nostalgic kind of watch. Um, you know, Pee Wee lives in this house with, you know, all these kind of mazes, you know, uh, the, the Rube Goldwick, you know, uh, maze, you know, like, you know, you know, like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, to make toast, there was a kind of a, a like contraption, opening, yeah. you know, like to make the breakfast, the cereal, all these contraptions. And to me, that felt like very much like an eighties things. You know, uh, we saw that in gremlins, you know, the father was an inventor and he had help, you know, I don't know. There was something about that time where that kind of, stuff was kind of cool you know um i thought you know when i, w- I was rewatching it I, I just thought it was a you know extremely innocent movie simple film um i i liked it i mean I, it's not like i just saw it more of a just with with kind of nostalgic glasses or you know i i didn't really see it as anything other than that but I don't know, Rich. You saw it too. You re- you rewatched it. What was your thoughts on rewatching Big uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure for the you know again? Um, it was kind of dated in some points, but it, all in all, it's it's still enjoyable. But um, it, yeah, it is. If if you saw it when you're a kid, it, it'll st- still stick with you no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um, but if you're an old man like me, seeing it for the first time, with it's not necessarily. Well, you mean the first time in a long time? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was, it's basically, you know, I, I hardly remember it mm-hmm. anyway. So it's, so. Yeah. I totally forgot about E.G. Daly, who was like kind of the love oh, interest, yeah, the voice actress. Yeah, she's terrific in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, there's a couple things about it. There's like, you know, there, there's a, there's some really good stuff. You know, when he finds like kind of the con man, you know, like uh, on the road trip, you know. He, he, uh, the guy who's a fugitive on, you know, and when they kind of meet and, you know, I thought all that kind of stuff was kind of working. It I, I, Like there was some really, really cool stuff. And, you know, Tim Burton, you can see like the early days or the early thought process of Tim Burton and him like, you know, doing you know, like when they go to Hollywood and there's Godzilla, you know, someone making a Godzilla movie, you know, uh, uh, that all had to be like kind of Tim Burton, you know, aesthetic, mm-hmm. uh, also the dinosaurs and stuff like that, you know, like all that stuff really felt like a good blend of Pee Wee's or, or Paul Rubin's, uh, uh, comedic timing and also Tim Burton's visual flair. And the fact that they kind of both are, I don't know if they're the same age, but they really feel like they're on the same, on the same page. And, and and we're kind of both influenced by some of that 50s monster movies or you know the 50s uh kind of retro films and it you know if, to me it felt like kind of like a an 80s 
nostalgia piece, but also very much a retro of like 50s and 60s kind of, you know, Hollywood movies. You know, I guess, you know, I li- like a, ch- a light children version of something what John Waters would, would do with his movies, you know, because, all, all, you know, John Waters would is known for making, you know, th- th- 50s, 60s throwbacks, you know, but with a very twisted, yeah. <laughs> twisted satirical way. So, yeah, that's, I think, I don't know. I just I think that it was it was fun watching it, rewatching it. I had a fun time watching it. Okay. Well, even though you hate it, I think I think it's an awesome movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> the movie. The it's, movie. It's crazy that was like Tim Burton's first movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he Paul uh, basically picked him. He selected him. He wanted him to direct the movie. Uh, at the time, he was with Disney. He was a, a cartoonist or an animator. He worked on Fox and the Hound. Um, he did a short film, the uh, uh, Frank and Weenie. I think that's the reason why Paul Rubens picked him. And then also he did Vince. I think he did Vincent at this at the same time too, which is the stop motion one. So yeah, he was much more of kind of an animator, or at least you know an illustrator. And and yeah, the, you know the. I, I think maybe even back then in the eighties there were some there were more kind of I don't know, maybe opportunities for young filmmakers to climb up and like work up the ranks and, and then, you know, top on a kind of a you know, this was not a big budget, but it was definitely a studio, you know, uh picture. It it wasn't like an independent film, you know, or at least a guerrilla style film. I mean, there was there was money but backed behind it and so it has a kind of a professionalism and a look and a, a, a decent look to it you know so um yeah and he i mean the movie itself and Wee himself uh uh is the one who uh who made the tequila famous oh yeah I mean, yes, the, the, the dance, the te- tequila dance. The drink, just... too. I mean, it was no, it was nobody drink. George Clooney would never have you know, <laughs> thought of tequila if it wasn't for people. I mean, it was such a phenomenon, you know, uh, uh, that dance that, because, and, I don't know, it was, that was kind of magical to watch, rewatch that, too, because everyone did it in, in school. Everyone, you know, our friends did it. I mean, it, it, you didn't, I, it, it was such a popular thing that even if you didn't see the movie, Right, you know, it was the Pee Wee Herman dance, and it's, you know, and the fact that he was such a kind of, he became the, you know, just extremely popular. That, yeah, the eighties and nineties were weird. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Exorcist. Yes, let's talk about the Exorcist. Let's move on to uh, William Freakin, who uh, the the great legendary filmmaker director who passed away too. Uh, he was eighty seven, uh, and. Uh, Yes, he was known for The Exorcist. He was also known for a couple Al Pacino movies. I personally really loved his 80s uh, crime film, To Live and Die in L.A., which was uh, a film that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, what, was but, the, what was the other big... Oh, The French, the French Connection was the other Oh, yes. One. Yeah, The Fr- French Connection. I guess he was part of that new Hollywood new wave. Uh, you know, his pr- contemporaries were kind of like Spielberg... Coppola, Lucas, all those guys, but I don't know if he, he ever got the. I don't know. Uh, he, he sometimes his name never no, really came uh, he's up. He's always he's 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 always kind of been up there when like talking about like the greats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 
I think because also- Exorcist and like French Connection, like uh, those are, those are, are are enough to to put them up there, right? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. No, also, also the last 10, 20 years um, is obscure film. Sorcerer always got brought up. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, 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 and cruising, that, cruising, cruising, and to live in the, yeah. and to live and die in L.A. No, to live and die in L.A. Ever since the eighties, I mean, it, ever since that came out, it was a cult. Uh, I think it, it was. A cult. It was it, oh, okay. There was a cult following for that movie. I but think Sorcerer was, was kind of forgotten and really came up like it, was, it had a resurgence in the early two thousands, and because uh, I don't know if it was ever released in Blu Ray until. I don't know, two thousand. I don't know. It was it was something like you only could find in like colleges screenings in in you know in film school or something like that. And then it it, it was brought up. It was kind of lost, and mm-hmm. then made this comeback. And now I think everyone talks about it as being you know one of the great seventies films thrillers. Um, I've never seen it. It's it's a really cool movie. It's 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 a remake of. Um, Oh, 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 I can't remember, but it was a remake of um, the Wages of Fear, which is a it's a group of uh, 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 characters who agree to drive this truck, and the truck is filled with kind of dynamite or not dynamite. It's like kind of like a uh, nitro glycerin sorcerer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they they're 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 these you know group of it's kind of like a group of dudes. You saw a vertical limit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, but I don't remember it. Okay, so they're, remember they're the, the, so they the get nitroglycerin. Yeah, nitro, they, had nitro, go, they had to bring it to save something. Basically, yeah, that part. Yeah, so they um, basically have to drive this truck with a bunch of uh, dynamite nit- nitroglycerin, and uh, you know one fall, you know one move, you know on the you know if it, it shakes too much, uh, it will just blow, blow up. And so it's basically a whole tension filled film uh, uh, of that. And and trying to, and the, you know it's famous for this one scene where the the car goes on a bridge and the bridge is like crickering, you know it goes back and sways back and forth and stuff and so it's Not it's a, it's a, rain and all that yeah it's an incredible incredibly intense film and I cool and it the movie um has like been overlooked for for many decades and it really entailed his. You know, really until like when it came back on Blu-ray or something like that, or it got remastered and 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 um, it, people found it. So it was one of those type of movies. <clears throat> but yeah, Cruising was another one where, yeah, he he, I think he has made a lot of cult movies that 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 that, that weren't considered masterpieces until the second or third wave of of of, of people rediscovering it, and really he was kind of only. At least, you know, in the eighties and nineties, was really only, kind of only known as the guy who directed The Exorcist, which it was good enough, really, because mm-hmm. <laughs> Exorcist was such a phenomenon. And I would say, you know, how everyone kind of says, like, well, Jaws is the bit, the first, you know, legit or the first official blockbuster. I would say The Exorcist was the first official blockbuster and really kind of kicked off that blockbuster label because it was just such a you know, a cultural phenomenon, that movie. And there was these stories that how people watched the movie and were so scared that they, they threw up, you know, while watching it, they, they laughed. Was the exorcist, uh, before the omen? Yes, I think so. Yes. Okay. The exorcist also, was like 1973. So it kind of kicked off this genre or I think kind of yes. subgenre. I think so. Yes. 
and the omen was 1976 so i i I think that the the way that he turned supernatural or the ghost story and made it into kind of a dramatic character study or or you know like almost made it extremely real also but also with, with some of the editing choices that he made it made it really creepy i mean it's a, one of the rare kind of horror movies that gets into under your skin. I know. Yeah, you know, and we've gotten so many movies because of The Exorcist. You know what I mean? What I mean? So, some really good ones, you know, especially back then in like the, the 70s and, you know, some not so great ones. We also got recently, you know, uh, one of Richard's favorite movies, uh, The Pope's Exorcist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, Richard, uh, talk uh, about uh, William Freakin for a little bit. Well, I I wanted to bring up that um uh one of I mean I saw his version of Twelve Angry Men his hmm. TV movie ver- version um first before seeing the original and um I thought that I thought his his version was was fantastic and then I saw you know and then um such a big cast with you know starting with Jack Lemmon and George C. Scott uh but um yeah it it. I really enjoyed that, and uh, uh, you know it's good. You know, Amy Schumer did almost as good <laughs> with her version of it. Paul Giamatti. Um, but yeah, uh, William Friedkin. I mean, he he was one of those guys that uh, when his name showed up, it's prestige. It's, mm-hmm. it, he, he, I mean, uh, it, the guy. I mean, is he? He always he always showed up in like AMC kind of stuff, like you mm-hmm. know. Or, or some kind of, you know... Yeah, he was always uh, open uh, to talk about his movies and talk about his career. And I would... Or just uh, talk about movies itself. Yeah, yeah and I, I would I would recommend... Classics. Any, I would recommend anyone to watch William Friedkin's uh, interviews because he was such a kind of delightful, takes-no-bullshit, you know, uh, uh, straight-shooter uh, talker. You know, he would talk about his his relationship with Al Pacino or his, him dealing with actors... He had like a really kind of, I don't know, maybe a blue collar way of, of, of talking about movies. You know, I think some, some directors become almost too highfalutin when they talk about, you know, the making of films and, and with William Freakin, it felt, it really feels like, oh no, this is kind of a craft. This is just a job. And, and it, it almost feels a little bit more tangible, like, you know, the, you could almost touch that, you know. It doesn't feel too distant when you hear other uh, directors who kind of go on about, you know, imagery or allegories or stuff. Ever, did you guys ever watch uh, Killer Joe? No, no. There was a there's a couple movies of his, you know, his his last couple of films that I haven't seen. Like Bu- Bug, Bug, and Killer Joe. Everyone says is terrific and i haven't seen those movies well, unfortunately i don't know i don't know if i would say killer joe's terrific but um it's a it's a movie that i guess i, I would like to know what you guys thought about because it's just i've been um, wanting to watch the hunting for a long time the hunted the hunted, or the hunted, the hunted. Yeah. but i was a big fan of to live and die in la and i always yeah, th- and i always thought that was like a michael mann film for well, because of miami miami vice was so huge then at that same time, that's and it, it and it feels like a Michael Mann movie, yeah. And yeah. he, I guess, William Freakin does have a like a like a man Michael Mann type of style. Well, 
with with the French connection, he had a um uh, um uh he, he was labeled as one of the best uh directors for a a, a a car chase. Right. And then he and he doubled down on to live and die in LA. I mean, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, he, I loved uh, William uh, Defoe's uh, portrayal of um, money laundering, or or mm-hmm. he he made fake money, whatever. I don't know what's that. Yeah, what, yeah, I forgot yeah. I forgot what that was that called. But it was such a great um, character and forgery. A forger, yeah. He he, he forged he forged uh, money, yeah, and such a terrific, you know, characterization of, of a criminal and. You know, I, I'm a big fan of it. You know, William Peterson was the kind of the cop in the movie. Uh-huh. And a really kind of nice, twisty ending a little bit. You know, there was a twist, kind of a twist ending. All right. And maybe not a t- twist, but like something I didn't see coming, I guess. And I thought that was, I thought the movie was cool. I, I don't know why it didn't become a huge phenomenon. And really, maybe it was maybe because everyone saw a Manhunter instead or whatever, <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, the movie has like a huge kind of cult following. It's like... um. It, it it recently got like a, a 4K Blu-ray release, and and there was like a there was a, a lot of anticipation for it, you know, at least among the the Blu-ray collectors and stuff. So I I don't know. I mean, to 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 at least to at least make the 4K format. I mean, uh, there's an audience for it, and you know, having an audience is more than you know, a lot of movies coming out today can say. So there there it is. Look uh, at Joyride. <laughs> there so there it is. Uh, um. Paul Rubens, rest in peace, and William Friedkin, rest in peace. Let's move on to some of the things we have watched. Uh, there's not really that much I've seen the, uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, there's you're striking, you're striking on movies. Uh, yes, solidarity to all the, all the actors and, and the writers out there. No, no, I, I just like uh, I haven't really seen any kind of new releases, but I did. Because it's like the 50th, is it 50th anniversary of hip hop? <laughs> I did uh, download uh, to watch All Up in the Biz, which is a, <laughs> a documentary that I kind of liked. Although there's some things about it I didn't didn't particularly like. But it's a, do- a documentary about the 90s rapper Biz Marquee. It's a Showtime documentary. And it's available now if you have Showtime. Um I kind of really, really enjoyed this movie, although there's a certain aspect in it, which I fucking hated. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but just talk about Biz Marquis in here, you know, uh, you know, and for those who don't know who Biz Marquis, he was kind of labeled as the, the crown prince of hip hop. Uh, he was a guy who kind of wasn't known for the gritty street kind of raps. He was kind of known for the kind of funny, happy silly kind of raps you know his famous hit was uh just a friend which is kind of his most uh iconic song that he has in his repertoire but watching the documentary i didn't realize how much he has helped so many kind of uh rappers coming up and how much tracy morgan and tracy morgan yeah and and, and tracy morgan but yeah he, he was very much a I think someone mentioned he was like the Forrest Gump of hip hop, you know, because he was, he was in everyone's kind of group. He would help people, and I, this is the probably the most shocking. He was actually a, a, a astute businessman, and and you know if you crossed him a little bit, he would probably would cut you out because he would take these young hip hop artists who were in high school 
and tell him, hey, uh, come up with some lyrics for me. And if they if you didn't, he wouldn't talk to you, <laughs> you know, but but he had so many connections, you know, and I thought that was so, uh, so interesting about about this guy, because I didn't really know that much about his personal life or his, you know, his, 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 his upbringing. And, and really, I thought, you know, on the surface, I thought he was just kind of maybe this goofy, silly uh, character. But it, uh, to, but to, to tie back to uh, Paul Rubens, he did mention in the documentary that, you know, he he would do a you know because he would joke around a lot and dance around and and he would do a, his version of the peewee herman dance because you know at the same time peewee was coming up as well i i thought it was very very interesting yeah and I, I thought the uh the the documentary was um uh interesting but a little bit weird uh especially um seeing his um version of him of Bismarcky as a puppet throughout the whole documentary yeah, that's was, this is the thing that really very strange. really yeah. pissed me off. Now I don't know if it pissed me off, but really made me <laughs> go. I don't know if this was a great idea. So, you know, I guess Bismarck he ha- had spent in the hospital uh, uh, for the last for you know be- for a better part of a year, the last year of his life he, he spent it in the hospital, and he was. I mean, I I, I I I would get it if you used it for the uh, for the, uh, the 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 segment part segment part of his life. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, where he was promoting his uh, like cartoons and stuff like that. Right, right. For, and, well, let me explain. Let me explain what the, and, what the pup, well, let me explain what the puppet was. So, so in the last part, last part of the last part of his life, he was he spent in the hospital. He, I guess, he had a heart attack of some kind and really was struggling to to fight it and, and get out of it. And uh, he never he lost that fight and he he died in the hospital. During COVID too. During yes, during COVID and that kind of that goes into it. So instead of of like kind of explaining that, they kind of recreate that in in mm. puppet form, where they actually made a puppet of Bismarcky in a hospital, acting alongside uh, actors. Who, one who's playing his wife and doctors, and it just really felt kind of. No, uh, that was his wife. I don't think that was his wife. I think that was an actress. I don't no, know. She is. She was. She is an actress. Okay, whatever. It just felt extremely wrong. Extremely. Yeah. I don't know why, and I don't know if it needed to be there, because mm-hmm. at that, at, you know, the rest of the documentary, I thought it was, you know, pretty solid. You know, it was solid because mm-hmm. I, like I was saying, I didn't really know much about his his personal life or how he was, you know, how he came up in the business and how much he, you know, he was friends with everybody he was friends with uh eric b and rakim big daddy kane you know was a big deal uh i remember he was always a, the one of the best uh beatboxers and in, in, right and it's in his time and and then once just a friend i was surprised that everyone told him not to do that uh song that was that was the big surprise to mm-hmm. me and then they, he, he said no this, this is something i i gotta do because i know there's something to it and it turned out to be be the biggest biggest song in anybody's kind of I think, yeah was, I would it, say so it, it was like so um uh and then that took him to another like zone where he, like he, they made the childhood persona for him where he made you know he was able to do uh, cartoons and stuff like that with mm-hmm. his thing probably following like you know Mr T kind of stuff like yeah, that yeah. you know so and. I mean, so he was able to make uh, money off that. So. But I, I, I you Good know, the, the the way they were talking about how he kind of would help Big Daddy Kane, and if it maybe wasn't for Big, uh, wasn't for uh, Bismarcky, that Big Daddy Kane would not have been 
a hip hop right. star, or even Rock Kim, you know, who I think mm-hmm. is probably one of the, you know, one of the best lyricists, uh, rap mm-hmm. lyricists out there. And um, you know, yeah, was, as I, I thought it was all that was great. I just hated this kind of puppet thing about his. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely yeah. just did not need to be there. It was unnecessary. I don't know, but you know they're they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop right now. So there's a bunch of kind of new uh, hip hop documentaries that are coming out. Uh, but this was the one I saw. Uh, this is one me and Rich saw. Up up in the biz. Uh, meanwhile, I probably just saw Suits for third third time. Well, you know, <laughs> talk about Suits because you you, you know a couple of weeks ago you, you were telling me that you, I'm going to watch. You know, I I just saw that Suits is back on Netflix or Suits is on Netflix, not back on yeah. Netflix. The, yeah. For the first time, it's on Netflix, and you go. You, you told me like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm going to rewatch this because you know, Suits was a show that we watched many years ago when it first was airing on USA. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and saying to you, "Oh, uh, you watching the whole thing from the from the very beginning?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just stuck watching it." Little did well, little did I know, you're not alone. It seems like everyone in and and you know who has a Netflix account. Has been watching Suits because it's such a phenomenon. What is about Suits that is making people, you know, you know, watching this stuff? Uh, uh, well, I knew the uh, that that uh, the writing on that show and the the first four or five seasons they were great. Mm-hmm. And um, and but the the best thing about Suits is the um, the pilot episode. The pilot episode was so um, catchy. If you start from the beginning, you're hooked. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need on a good pilot. So that's exactly what it was. People saw suits. Said Mar- Megan Markle's in this. Oh, this is oh okay. I want to. Uh, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And then and then you saw it. And then you and you were hooked by uh, episode one. That's exactly what you needed. Well, and you just you should say that suits. It's set in a corporate. Yeah, well, it's a, like an LA law kind of uh, It's a firm, uh, a, a law firm. That's supposed to be New York, but of course it's uh, always it's in, Canada. In Canada. It's all in Canada, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the actors that they chose, the casting in, the, in this in this show is is, I would say, ninety eight percent Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 ninety eight percent great. <laughs> oh, sure, because uh, uh, I didn't like the last season. <laughs> All right, right, right. Or whatever. But well, I mean, uh, but, uh, Gabriel Mock, Gabriel Mock, Gabriel Mock, who's best known as uh, 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 as the Spirit. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Frank Miller's the star of Frank Miller's The Spirit, right? He's a, a terrific um, actor. But he's the main. Uh, uh, I guess he's the Harvey main, Specter. Yeah, Harvey Specter. Harvey Specter too. Yeah. And Patrick and, uh, J. Uh, Adams, Adams plays yeah, Mike he, Ross, his protege. And they're basically Batman and Robin, and yeah. they're uh, they they they're running the, the, uh, the dynamic duel. Now the, yeah. the, the the hook is like Michael or Mike Ross, the character, uh, lied in his uh, his interview, and he he's really never went to a um, he doesn't have a law degree, and never went right. to a, a, a law school, but because he has such a uh, photogenic mind. And yeah, photojector. Uh, yeah, pho- partly yeah. a genius when it comes to mm-hmm. knowing the law, because he he remembers when it comes everything. Comes to book smarts. He's a he's a the Einstein of book smarts. Right. So he is able to help Harvey win his cases, and because of that, he was able to climb up the corporate ladder. Now, I'm a fan of suits. So I saw it the first time, mm-hmm. and it just so bugged me when, let's say. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, came out. Oh, yeah. It had nothing, and the writers on that show did not understand what a good legal sh- drama is or a legal show is. 
and mm-hmm. couldn't care less. And that's what really really pissed me off about She Honk because She Honk could have been like a Suits if they you yeah. know really tried, but they, of course they didn't try. No. And so I think the fact that people are rediscovering or maybe discovering for the first time that Suits is actually good warms my heart because that means people actually appreciate good writing when 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 i had to sit through all this bullshit that people are saying that she hawk attorney of law is actually really really good and a really good oh, no. law, law sh- show or whatever i go fuck yourself <laughs> you know yeah no i mean uh i mean also the show itself i mean it had a great music great cast great mm. uh, uh the suits great uh, actual uh wardrobe and stuff like that so it's just it it's just you know, it just hooked you in that way also. Okay. But also USA Today. I mean, uh, USA Network, back in the day, mm-hmm. had some good shows that are, are, are all also uh, forgotten. Um, and that Netflix could act, could easily pick those up, too. Or anybody could pick those up. And, um, you know, it, it could be an, another phenomenon. White Collar. Mm-hmm. White Collar was a great show that I watched, too. I, I enjoyed that one. And Burn Notice, of course. Mm-hmm. and yeah. that has and that has you know just like raymond who um <laughs> who never watched the, uh never watched burn notice but it has one of his favorite actors um bruce campbell and you could look at all those horror fans or whatever that he has probably never watched burn notice yeah there was plenty of usa network so there's shows. If, if netflix is listening there's you got a couple of yes. good options there to to give for potential phenomenons here um before we go into our Raymond's uh, reviews of some of his uh, recent uh, movie releases that he saw, you know, or he, he, he recently saw, um, let me just say really quick, uh, I'm watching Winning Time Season 2. It's terrific. I like it. It's on Max. This is the 80s uh, depiction of, or this the depiction of 80s Lakers. This season's going to the the into the the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics. Uh, it's good. It started out really really great, and I don't know if people are well, watching I, it. I, I don't know if uh, people. I, are, I think people have forgotten about this show. Well, they're saying uh, that uh, due to the, the the strike and stuff that um, that not a lot of press has gone out for it. And yeah, it, I mean, it's not think, doing as well. I, I, I as I, the first season. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people are, are. I think a lot of shows are going to be hurt by this by the strike. And I, you know, if this is the last one, you know, maybe this is, you know, maybe this is the last. It, it'll be a shame. It'll be a shame if it is. Yeah, because yeah. I would really want to go into Magic's, you know, um, yeah, AIDS, uh, you know, revelation. Not you know. HIV. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, he had HIV. Right, mm-hmm. his uh, HIV revelation, and because that was such a, you know, I remember that. Still to this day, I remember him shocker when I was in uh, I don't know grade there's junior high or maybe high school when he announced that. I mean, I I totally remember that and remember remember thinking that he, oh man he's gonna die. Yeah, and you yeah, know yeah. and you know I'm I'm not sure how they will approach it in the series if they ever get to it, but it was such a big deal. It was such a big kind of shocker, one of the biggest I mean, shockers that, that, in the nineties. Yeah, that that kind of um portion of his life it could have been a movie in, in itself yeah 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 and i'm and i'm, I'm assuming that'd be like season four or whatever but or five or something because they're they're still in early 80s if you have seen season one of, of winning time check out season two and if you haven't seen the show at all check out the season it's on max or hbo 
HBO Max, whatever. I don't know, whatever you call it nowadays. Uh, Raymond, it's your time to shine. Speaking of magic, give us some of your takes of some of the recent movies that have come out because you've seen a lot of them. And yeah, I want, I want to hear your, your thoughts on these movies. So let's talk about, um, I guess, the movie that I can't really talk about really because it put me to sleep. Uh, so of all these movies, you know, that I watched, only one of them made me fall asleep. And that was uh, Disney's uh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I started watching the movie and um, I was not loving it. Uh, but, but you know, to be fair to the movie, I, I wanted to give it a fair chance because it kind of reminded me of a type of like children's horror movies, I guess. I don't even know if you could call them horror movies, but kind of children's themed Halloween movies, I guess, that I, I remembered from when I was a small child. Kind of movies like Casper hmm. and um and Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. movies that I really don't love now, but I remember you know liking when I was a small child. I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure small children will like this movie. I was like, I might as well just you know finish it, you know, say that I at least say that I did, and I fell asleep, <laughs> and then I woke up. And like there was all this like crazy like third act stuff happening. I'm like, what? This is like a Marvel movie. <laughs> and then I was like, I want to go back to sleep, but I was awake. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really you know. Well, if you review if you, if you, that movie, yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I can't yeah. really, I can't really review that movie. Oh, you, you, you mean but, you physically, um, you fell asleep through the through watching it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was the direction? Because this is directed by Justin Simonian. Who is the guy? Well, well, yeah. I mean, the beginning it, it was it was it was solid direction, I guess. Uh-huh. I mean, it felt like you know, kind of like a Disney movie. <laughs> it, it reminded me, uh, I guess, like uh, you know, like Casper, and even though this isn't a horror movie, it kind of reminded me of, like the Shia LaBeouf movie Holes, oh, like in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's like a Disney movie for for teenagers, I guess, or preteens i i don't i don't i don't know it's not for it's not i don't even i wouldn't even say young adults it's it's like it's like children but that aren't three (laughs) well it was from the from the writer of keep and ghostbusters the women yeah i did yeah that's a good thing yeah katie Katie dippold right yeah i saw her name pop up during the credits um yeah i mean not a great screenplay yeah But it's not, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if it's the screenplay's fault. It's just, you know, I'll say this. What what I saw of the movie was better than the Eddie Murphy version. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, and I saw that one in theaters when I was a little kid. Uh, so I don't, I, I, again, I'm not really reviewing the movie. I just, you know, I saw the movie. Uh, I saw like 20 minutes of it. I was like, this is, you know, not for me. <laughs> and then I fell asleep. And then I woke up and I was like, whoa, this is like even it started off one way. I'm like, I don't know how it got here because it feels like a Marvel movie. It feels like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or something. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> and then uh, it just ended. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> all right. on to on to on to the next movie. Right. And I, I did a, I did a triple feature that day because I, I, oh, I had wow. nothing to do. <laughs> oh. I had nothing to do. Well, Haunted <laughs> Mansion is now in theaters, and most likely it'll be available on Disney Plus very soon because it's not doing well in box in the box office. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, and I and you know, I I guess I'll say this about Haunted Mansion before passing away. And in the beginning, it really did feel like a Disney version of Poltergeist. Oh, interesting. Okay, was that good? I felt like a Disney version. I guess it's good for children, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, I mean, it felt like Poltergeist or Insidious. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's like this haunted, there's a haunted mansion, right? And then they bring in like all these like kind of quirky kind of people to kind of, you know, do their bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying that there's a potential for here to find an audience on Disney plus because. Oh, absolutely. If, if, if freaking Hocus Pocus is this cult (laughs) movie that, you know, all these people grew up loving. I could see kids loving this. It's just no one saw it. That's the thing, right? I mean, if, if what this movie really needs is like a Disney, um, a Disney Channel. You know what I mean? But that oh. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. We have Disney Plus now. Yeah. And I don't know if that really works. I don't know if people go on Disney Plus and they're like, "Oh, look, a new original yeah. movie. Yeah. Let me watch that." When you had Disney Channel, it was kind of different because it's like, "Oh, I'm watching Disney Channel. Oh, I, I guess I'm forced to watch this movie." <laughs> And then uh, I, I think that's how a lot of those movies kind of became cult films. Yeah, that's or true. Cult, kind of cult films. Yeah, I'm, I was especially very... like Halloween Town and stuff like that. But because uh, I think that was a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, I was very but, shocked uh, uh, of Hocus Pocus living. You know, or you know, just continuing has a continued fan base. You know, people just love that movie so much. I, yeah, I did... and this this is like that. This, yeah, it's like that meets like meets Poltergeist. All right, well, so let's get let's get to your next film. Okay, yeah. so the the movie I went to go see at, right after that, and um, this is a movie that I went in with like rock bottom expectations. Like, so I, I got to say that because you know I I really didn't think it was that bad. But um, I, the next movie I saw was the the Meg Two, mm. and uh, the Meg Two. I guess like people are saying it's like one of the worst movies. Of yeah. All time. I was shocked at how much people, how many critics are saying that this is probably the worst movie of this year. I I think uh, freaking uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania is way worse than this. But oh, right. <laughs> uh, I I don't I don't know. To, to look, I'll say I'll say the most frustrating thing about the Meg Two, all the awesome stuff from the trailer, that's all in the very end of the movie, <laughs> and they basically all all the, all the stuff with the sharks, that's all in the trailers, like. The movie is pretty, I I guess, lackluster when it comes to, you know, shark mayhem. Oh, but it felt like a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a it felt like a Chuck Norris movie or like a, a a Dolph Lundgren movie or something like that, and you know, not one of the great ones. <laughs> But <laughs> so you're saying that it's I, a lot less action than you would thought you would you, when you know got... it's a lot of action but oh. it's like you know you know you, you've seen a chuck norris movie before right, right? right, right. <laughs> it's all goofy yeah and, and corny lines but i mean it's mostly just you know fighting dudes like with guns and stuff right. and it's like oh yeah you know, i'm gonna do my roundhouse kick and <laughs> all these guys are gonna go flying around and like i'm gonna say a really corny one-liner and um but I don't know, man. It, it, to me, it really felt like, like someone was like, "Well, let's make a, you know, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred and fifty million dollar Chuck Norris movie." <laughs> and I, I love that about it. 
I, like, this is, this is, yeah, this is probably, like, one of, like, Jason Statham's, like, worst movies, like, <laughs> but for me, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I, 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 I was, I, I saw it in the big theater and stuff, but I think this is, like, one of his most fun movies in a while, like, <laughs> I think this is way more fun than Fast X. Like personally, wow. I, I like this delivered what Fast X should have delivered for me. Um, and I, it was a lot of it was just like the corny one-liners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, just a lot of bad, uh, a lot of bad dialogue throughout the movie. Uh, another thing that I liked about it is that it's kind of like an ensemble. Um, yeah. You got some of the returning actors from uh, the first Meg movie. And because this is like a, a co-production with uh with China, right? Yeah. So they're like the, the the China cast is like a big bigger this time around, and uh, the the lead uh, Chinese actor in the film, I I believe he was also in the first Meg, but I, I don't know his name. He he has a much larger role. And in fact, you could almost argue that he's like the co-star of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and uh and the black dude from the first Meg, he's also like the next co-star. So there's almost like this kind of international thing in the cast. Yeah. And it, and it's hilarious to me because like you got this like tiny Asian dude <laughs> that's like doing that's being just as badass as Jason Statham and like doing like these like like crazy action scenes with like a giant Meg and you know they just <laughs> you just you just if you're into the movie I guess if you're into the movie you, you just go with it but it's completely unbelievable <laughs> but it's completely unbelievable that Jason Statham right. you know you know roundhouse kick a, a, a Meg in the face but you just, so you just like go with it but right. I mean it, the movie's so stupid but I mean it feels like a movie that's inspired by very stupid movies anyways and it was it's kind of like a a, a bunch of movies that you know I kind of grew up watching that I even back then I acknowledged weren't very good but I guess like so much time has gone that I have kind of the nostalgia for it and I'm so sick and tired of kind of these Fast and Furious action movies mm. that seeing this kind of like 200, or I don't know if it's 200 million, but like it's definitely at least a hundred, $150 million movie, but it's basically like an 80s style, mm. you know, like movie that would be, you know, done for like probably like a, like a couple, like probably like a hundred thousand dollars back then or whatever. Mm-hmm. Seeing it done with this budget it, to me was just, um, I don't know. It was very pleasing and, uh, there, there was a lot of charm to this movie that uh, I got that I obviously audiences that went to go see it um, got out of it too. Cause it has like, I think like a 70 or 80% on audience score of Rotten Tomatoes. It's just like critics, I guess, you know, wanted, I, and I, and I don't blame critics. Critics probably wanted more Meg <laughs> from, <laughs> from the movie, but I, I really appreciated it as like this throwback to these like really stupid type of action movies that you don't really see that much anymore. I guess the last type of movie that we got like this were like the Expandables movies, uh-huh. but this is like an Expandables movie with a giant shark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you. So, I liked it. From what you're telling me, it, it sounds like a big or a modern day uh, Hollywood blockbuster if it was produced by Canon Films. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's blasphemous if you do something like this to like Spider Man or like what they did to like Superman Four. But to a giant shark movie, it's right. like it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if I would have spent all this money on it though. But well, the Chinese actor is his name is Wu Wu Jin, and he's from he's known for the the Wolf Warrior 
films, and those were huge okay. hits, huge hits in China. I think they're yeah, like, he's a complete badass in the movie, but it's like, you know, for, for all these actors that are badasses in it for him and, uh, Jason Statham and, uh, the black dude. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so, some of the chicks are, are, I don't know who they are, but they're all, they also, you know, get their action hero moments. It's never believable. When you, you go with it. <laughs> uh, and I think because of, of that Chinese aspect that uh, the movie's doing very well in China, it's like yeah. making most of its money in, in China. And I think in the U.S., it's kind of a it's a bomb, but there's a possibility that it's going to be a make three because of that China audience or those territories because of of probably because of Wu Jin. I think it's such a big. I think big, it's absolutely going. But I think it's absolutely going to do well on home on home on oh, home yeah. video, but streaming right right and on on digital. Um, this is this movie has an audience, and um. It's just I think the audience for this movie is more of a streaming audience, but it, it's gonna it's gonna be huge when it's like on Netflix and all that. Okay, cool. We'll look for it. We'll look for we'll look forward to stream it. Yes, there's an there's an audience for it. It's just you know they're eighty and up, you know. Mm-hmm. And most likely it's gonna be available soon uh, uh, on VOD. Uh, well, what's the next movie you saw? And this is the same day you saw Meg Two. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and immediately after, uh, l- luckily. Um, uh, I made awake. it just in time. <laughs> Luckily, I made it just in time. No, I mean, I was wide awake that whole day. It's just the Haunted Mansion just, you know, was not for me. You know, it just wasn't working. It put me to sleep. <laughs> but um, the next movie I, I really liked, and it was definitely the best of the three, the best movie, the best movie I, I saw that day. And it was um, Gran Turismo. Mm. And um, I thought the trailers for this movie were fantastic. I, I love the premise. Um, it... It it just seemed like it like it, it was a real winner to me, but the reviews for it was so negative. You know what I mean. So I kind of went into it like a little, a little dubious, but hoping for the best. And yeah, I I, I mean I love the movie. I think it's you know, uh, a, a total crowd pleaser. I think it's a great sports movie. Kind of you know, uh, I think it's just a great story o- overall. And while I know there's like a lot of criticism that the movie like. Uh, has too many cliches and that it should have kind of focused more on the kind of like true true story aspect of it you know i'm sure that could have been a great movie as well but i mean the the movie that we got with the cliches and stuff i i just i just think works i mean i i it it, it was just a very engaging kind of sports movie for me and uh if uh, it felt like a, a, a type of sports movie that we haven't gone in a long time. Because I know we've gotten a lot of kind of these car movies like, you know, Ford v. Ferrari and um, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. <clears throat> Rush. But this was different because this actually felt like a sports movie, like um, like a more of a like a baseball movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, it, it, it just was very uh, refreshing to me. And um it was definitely a good time at the movies, and I, I I think everyone in the cast was fantastic. I think um the the direction it was it was Neil Blomkamp Neil mm-hmm. Blomkamp right right I think his direction here was fantastic. It's been such a long time since we've seen him do a good movie, or since we've seen him do a movie. Really, yeah. like he's been like doing Ch- shorts and stuff. Yeah, and Shappy, like developing movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, and he's just been doing shorts and developing movies that never get made, and. Uh, and right. yeah, I mean, this is 
I think his best movie since um District Nine. Well, I I, I probably District Nine. I liked Elysium. I know a lot of people didn't. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think probably probably better probably his best since District Nine. And um, uh, while it's a kind of an unexpected movie from him, uh, I think I'm glad that he did it. it I think he was a great fit for it. He surprisingly ended up being a great fit for it. And um, it's probably going to uh, do be good for his career. I hope, I hope the movie's a hit. Did we'll you find out soon? Did you watch this on IMAX or? <clears throat> I was going to go to the, um, to the IMAX screening, but um, I had to do something else instead. I don't remember what, but I didn't get to, I saw, I saw it in Dolby and AMC. Okay. And uh, luckily I saw it with a, with a good audience. Cool. So, definitely recommend Gran Turismo, which is not available in theaters yet. Because uh, it's, it, uh, it's, it's in it's it's in select select theaters in certain areas. Like I know there's a couple theaters like in LA and like uh, Southern California, and I'm sure in other other parts of around the the, uh, the country as well. Mm. But uh, there's certain theaters where um, you can watch it at the, around 7 p.m. Um, during certain days, I think I Friday, Friday or Sunday or something like that, and it's even seven p.m. and uh, specifically in in formats like IMAX or forty um, X or Screen X and premium formats, usually. But it's officially coming out on August twenty fifth, where you it'll be available everywhere. Um, was uh, David Harbor really good in the movie? Yeah, I mean, he's always good in movies, right? I mean, he's, he was great in Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what was your next Well, So this is the third movie you saw this this the same day. What was the third movie? No, the, the, those were oh, the those three. three. Oh, those three. These uh, Haunted Mansion and, and, uh, and yeah. uh, 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 what was the other one? Yeah. Uh, Meg 2 and then Gran Turismo was all, you saw this all yeah. in one day. Wow. Yeah, but um, uh, a couple days before that, um, I saw Strays, right? I went to an advanced screening for Strays, and that just opened today. And uh, it's, it's Thursday the 17th, I guess. Mm-hmm. August 17th. But uh, yeah, um, so I saw Strays like, um, last week, and I, I, I forgot to tell tell you guys about it. But um, Well, tell us. Tell us about it. I, I, thought, the- I thought, well, I guess I should start off by saying I went into the movie really with the lowest expectations possible because I didn't think it looked like a good movie. This is the, yeah, the, the, the raunchy talking dog movie from the director of uh, Michael's favorite movie, Barb and Star, uh, go to Vista Del Mar. That's right. Yes. Not my favorite movie, but yeah, I ever, ever, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing his credits. I'm like, Oh shit, this movie's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Because I would not, and, uh, all of us are not big fans of Barb and Star, but this is also voiced by Jamie Foxx and you know, Jamie Foxx has been in the news. And I think the, the this was pushed back, and uh, hopefully, you know, I, I guess they were hoping that the the actor strike wouldn't happen because they wanted Jamie Fox to kind of promote the movie. But well, I think it was pushed back because of his health at the time. Right, it was such a and, question mark. But and, now he has come back. They, want, they had, wanted to see to promote it, but and it, it, and it would have felt kind of in bad taste if it would have come out, you know, and he he's still in the hospital or something like that. It would have been it would have felt wrong, right? Right. I think it was a good idea to, to push it back. But go ahead, go ahead, Raymond. Tell us uh, what you thought about this raunchy talking dog movie. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, I, but I went into this movie, you know, with the lowest expectations, but not just because of the, necessarily because of the director, but because um, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the movie uh, Good Boys, mm-hmm. and I thought you know Good Boys had a lot of potential, but it was like you know it ended up feeling like kind of like a gimmick movie. I I was just worried that you know that that it was the movie I basically was going to overstay its welcome, mm-hmm. and that the scenario was you know. That was gonna feel like a short film, like stretched out to ninety minutes. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't know how the uh, the the gag of like, hey, we have dogs, you know, that are cursing. You know, I I, I just didn't know how that would that that premise would sustain ninety minutes, right? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a raunchy homeward bound. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I yeah, I, I just didn't know how that that would really work. And I um, was surprised that um, I actually didn't love the movie, but I uh, I didn't think it overstayed its welcome. I thought the I thought they were able to come up with a lot of scenarios and very and keep the movie entertaining. Even though I will say the movie they had a little bit of a rocky rocky start for me. Uh, once it kind of um, once our, I guess our, the main dog, uh, or Reggie, voiced by Will Ferrell, kind of mm-hmm. gets lost, kind of gets introduced, especially like once he gets introduced to these other dogs, that's really kind of when the movie kind of got engaging for me. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was still kind of a little worried, like I don't, I don't know how how they're gonna make this work. But like from that point on, um, I thought the movie was very funny, and I was very surprised about all the different scenarios that they were kind of able to come up with. And, um, I was very pleasantly surprised, very, very pleasantly surprised by some of, uh, the dark places the movie went to in, uh, in certain, in certain sections. And, um, overall, while I will say that to me, to me, I didn't, I never thought the movie was as funny as like no hard feelings. A, a movie, another movie, another movie came out earlier mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. I did think it was much funnier than um, Joyride and a bunch of other comedies that you know I've seen this year, and um, I I actually, well, I didn't think it was as funny as No Hard Feelings. No Hard Feelings. I thought it was more consistent. If that makes sense. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I thought No Hard Feelings. It was mostly like it had like a really really funny kind of like first act, I would say, or maybe like first half. And then the second half was kind of a a bo- bit more, a bit more serious, maybe not serious, but you know, a bit more like almost like a romantic comedy kind of tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, this kind of had a kind of consi- consistent amount of laughs, even though they were never huge, huge laughs. There was never any belly laughs, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, consistently entertaining, and uh, I like I liked the movie, and uh, it had a really strong, uh, really strong ending. So overall, I think if you if you know what you're getting into, it works. Cool. So that is and the, Strays. Yeah. It's kind of more of a rental movie, though. You know? <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know I don't know I don't know if it's something that needs to be seen in theaters, and I don't think it's going to do well at the box office this weekend. May, yeah, maybe you're right because I mean it has been a tough time for comedies or I guess R-rated comedies, and you know Joyride was not a big hit, and you know even. Um, you know the Jennifer Lawrence one was that big hit. So, Strays. I mean, yeah, maybe, I, was just, maybe... I was just I was just seeing how the 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 Jennifer Lawrence one's actually gonna gonna lose quite a bit of money. 
Yeah, and that that it's very expensive. And maybe Strays has a little bit more of an edge because people kind of love love dogs and they love you know you know talking dogs, talking dirty. That kind of is a a neat and concept. Yeah, but I don't know. It's if... very it's very adorable, so that <laughs> should help it. But I don't know if that's going to be enough. I mean, you know, we're 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 at the tail end. I guess the tail end of Barbara Barberheimer, but Barbara Barberheimer is still dominating the box office and. Uh, it really seems like there's no one movie, at least in the recent, or maybe this month or next month, that really could take it on. Or maybe, but maybe, maybe the next movie, maybe the next movie could take it on. This is the because this is the the one I want to uh, hear your thoughts on. Blue Beetle. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's, I haven't. Did I talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, last week. Oh, okay. It was that movie was amazing. Okay. <laughs> I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a couple more times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, did I see anything else before I get to Blue Beetle? Oh, well, you did. I think you. I don't know if you talked about Talk to Me. Did you talk to? Did you? Oh, oh, I don't know if I talked about Talk to Me. But you know what? I gotta say this because this 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 is another one that we could throw in the same category as a Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. But I tried watching. Uh, what was it called? The Beanie Bubble, is it? Oh, yeah, on Apple TV. Yeah, I tried watching it. I think I got like 40 minutes into it, and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I, I gave up. Do you guys watch it? No. 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 Man. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I was thinking. I was actually rough. thinking about checking it out, but... Uh... It's pretty rough. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's bad, because it, I think it's a good cast. I, I like the people in it. I do like but the story even... of the Beanie Baby phenomenon and all the characters behind it. And I know Zach. Uh, I don't know Gal what the story have... is, but it, the the movie is just so unengaging, mm-hmm. and the cast is so miserable in the whole movie. And it's a cast that I like. I mean, they're all people that I liked in other movies and stuff, but it just it was not working for me. Um, maybe I'll try it again at some other point. But yeah, that's a massive disappointment. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, talk to me. I don't know if I talked about that last week, but uh, I will say, you know, because I, 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 just this past week, I, I finally, you know, kind of put to put together my list of my uh, favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen that many movies this year. I think it's only like forty-five movies, but I, I kind of organized them all. I made my list, and um, when making my list, uh, talk to me you know, climbed up a bit for me. Mm. And, you know, talk to me is talk to me. is one of my, one of my favorite movies of the year. Like uh, it might be my second favorite movie of the year. And if it, if it does, I mean, that would be my two favorite movies of the year, a 24 movies. And, um, yeah, I mean, round of applause for a 24, but now good movies. And the, your first one, the first one on your list is, uh, um, past lives. past lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should talk about like how talk to me. You you were saying that you didn't really like the trailer for the movie, or really, maybe not the not the trailer, but the hype around the movie. You were saying that maybe you weren't necessarily because every the hype around this movie well, was that this is going to be one of the great horror movies of this year. Yeah, well, I, I saw I saw the trailer for it, and I I didn't think it was bad or anything. I just mm-hmm. I just I thought it was fine, and um, I was just worried that it was going to be like a, another one of these it follows type of movies because it follows like a movie that everyone loved and, and praised and you know including you guys and said it's like one you know one of these like 
one of the greatest horror movies of all time. I, I still think that. I still and, think it's one of the great yeah. recent horror movies. Yeah, and I watched it you know, back, back when it came out. And I was like, I appreciate the movie, but this is not what horror fans want. And as a horror fan, I was just like, this is this is not for me. And um, I I love, you, you know, you, I wait, love talking. Wait, you think Follows has a divisive kind of uh, fan base there? Or you, you think there's a lot of hate for uh, It Follows? Or a backlash or something? I don't know if there's backlash for it. I just you, I just think, you know. It's not as popular. There's a lot of, I, just, I just think there's a lot of horror movies that come out. Mm-hmm. They're very kind of divisive, uh-huh. and um, some of them win the horror audience over, and some of them don't. And also, and, you're saying um, it, it follows is not winning over the horror, the hor- the hardcore uh, horror uh, audience. Or has maybe it? it does. Maybe it's won some of them over, but I know, I know, speaking for myself, it didn't win me over. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, these movies are divisive. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, they some some people, some people more more or less. Because I know there's like a lot of big horror fans that hate hereditary but yeah, i know there's also a lot of big horror fa- but i know there's also a lot of big horror fans that love it and like when i go to these horror cons like i see like hereditary shirts and like merchandise that you know they they make and sell there you know i don't think it's licensed or anything like that but um but you know if that stuff gets made and sold that means there's there's clearly you know a fan base for it but you know it's divisive right and mm. i think um it follows because because I don't like the movie. I think it's more divisive than than than, than most. But well, I, I think it's a little. I think it's more on the divisive side than 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 something like Hereditary. But eight. But um. Uh, but talk to me. Okay. Talk to me is like you know it, it definitely has all the ingredients you know of an A twenty four horror film. It's definitely you know an artsy horror film. But I think it's the most like. It's the most kind of um i don't i don't know how to, how to, how to even describe it. it it's 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 almost like the best of a24 horror because mm, wow. i feel like it takes a like i take i feel like it takes a lot of the elements that we've seen from a lot of a24 movies and it kind of like does it blends them all kind of like perfectly even a24 movies that didn't necessarily work like i w- i did not like uh, a, a movie that a lot of critics loved and I don't think you guys liked it either, but uh, like bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh right, right, yeah, we did. Yeah, not, uh, we did that was a movie like that. came out last year, I believe. Yeah, or two years ago. Year? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's like, yeah, yeah. I feel like this, like, like talk to me almost like takes a little bit of bodies, bodies, bodies of that 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 commentary about the youth of today. Right, and um, it takes that, and it also takes like you know like a little bit of like a like hereditary and even it follows with it follows with like how it kind of has this like um like yeah. you're you get part of like a cycle uh-huh. you know what i mean or right. i don't i don't know if a cycle's the right right term but well, you like, kind of become part of this like loop or a kind of final destination the yeah and yeah. the way yeah it has that element also or the or the, and uh the ring the ring but all, yeah yeah but it also has this kind of like supernatural supernatural kind of artsy element that like hereditary has like it's it's very it still has all you know all the elements of an a24 movie and has like ingredients that we've seen in a lot of recent a24 movies that that work a24 horror movies i should say that work Mm -hmm. and um and and it just it does it in the very kind of accessible mainstream way i think okay while still being uh i think a prestigious film 
So I think this is the type of movie that like Martin Scorsese would like, mm-hmm. but I also <laughs> think it's a movie. I also think it's a movie that you know it's also kind of like a a little bit of a roller coaster. You know what I mean? Cool. So and also it's like your number two film of the year. So that's a big uh, compliment. Yeah. Well, uh, it it it, w- it went up and down. Like at first, like I had like um, Oppenheimer in front of it, but. I, I think it went up for me mostly because I think I think talk to me is gonna go is gonna be a horror classic yeah, um, I think I think they're and, and, gr- the, and yeah I think they're already yeah, they a, a sequel right they a, yeah yeah they did uh, but I think it's gonna be like a horror classic in, in the way that to me I don't know if like to everyone but to to me hereditary has become a modern horror classic I think talk to me um isn't isn't that same kind of um in that same um uh uh territory i guess as as that as that movie and um and yeah and and uh and also yeah the fact that they kind of like um announced a sequel i think that just cements it even more that this is just going to become a classic because i think the sequel makes sense i think there's so many different directions that the movie can go in Mm -hmm. they can follow it up with with these with this kind of where this movie leaves Mm -hmm. Or they could just kind of like follow up where like the, because it's it's, a, it's about this kind of like cursed hand in the way, right? And I'll just leave it at that because I think like the the less you know about the movie, the better. But could this um, potentially be a new franchise, a new horror franchise? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, 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 that was what I was trying to get at. Because mm. it could it could go, it could follow up where this movie leaves up, but it could it could also just be you know. Who who else gets you know who else was haunted by this hand? Right, you know right. what I mean. Go, you could follow so, the hand into multiple yeah, storylines or, or characters where the hand is passed on, and you yeah, go, they you could go to different even, countries. They, even yeah. yeah, they could probably even do something where uh you know the sequel just follow. They do a bunch of sequels that just fo- are about the hand and like you know different people that curse by the hand, and then once the movie starts like making less money and stop being profitable. You just bring back the original characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talk, yeah, talk um, to me. You love it. It's your second best film of the year so far. Now let's talk about your first movie. Oh, oh wait, but, 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 but still talking about talk to me. So oh, Jesus. part of the reason, what part of the reason why I justify you know putting it in front of Oppenheimer is because I really have issues with the with the third act of Oppenheimer. It's you know it, I think it's an all around great film. But um, Oppenheimer, I feel like it, it, the whole overall story just was felt like a story that was meant for a miniseries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, while I do think Christopher Nolan does an incredible job of making the first two hours of that movie feel like a movie, that final hour for me it felt very rushed. And it felt like it needed like at least like, <laughs> four episodes of television to really service so because of that i i have to put i feel like i had to put talk to me in front of it because i again i think talk to me is gonna it's gonna be a horror classic so i'll I'll put the horror classic in front of this movie that people are just pretending it's a classic right now okay now finally let's talk about (laughs) blue beetle a movie that you've been waiting for for a long time. You've been uh, a big yes. fan of the comic book. You're a DC guy. Uh, you're a fan of the character in video or video game form. You're a fan of uh, the the main star who was in uh, uh, Cobra, Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah. So yeah. 
The cast um, is good. You got a director who I guess well has done some stuff. Talk to you know talk about Blue Beetle. Well, I'll say this. I remember before this movie, I think even got announced. Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought to myself, and I think I said to you guys before, like if they nailed this movie, if they get it right, it would feel basically, you know, like you know, like Spider Man, you know, mixed with Iron Man. Okay. If they got it right, it could be like Miles Morales mixed with Iron Man. And that's exactly what the movie feels like. That's exactly what the movie is. But <laughs> that also but. feels a little tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's really good. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with the movie. It, 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 like direction wise and stuff, it, it it has a little bit of a um kind of a early two thousands feel, but in a good way, like a like Spider Man one. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt a lot like Spider Man One. It felt like Spider Man One, the Sam Raimi mixed with like, yeah, Sam Raimi Spider Man One. You know what's funny is it feels even more than Iron Man. It feels like Sam Raimi's Spider Man One mixed with Spider Man Homecoming, and uh, mixed with uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, <laughs> mostly because of Miles Morales. So it feels like these three different Spider-Man movies kind of all combined together. And it does it really well. I mean, I think the movie is actually better than a lot of the Spider-Man movies. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely not all of them. Um, but it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely better than the, than some of the Tom Holland ones. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it just felt way too familiar <laughs> so i, I mean it's suffers... not the movie's fault right i mean it's it's not it, that it, it's it's what the story needed to be uh-huh. um it the, the cast everyone in the cast is great um i i love the whole uh latin flavor that it, it, i think for myself that you know that definitely elevated it maybe a bit more than uh some than than some of the critics but but still i mean it it's just it, it it just felt too familiar, and I it it's not it's not this movie's fault. I mean, this movie's just coming out too late. Mm-hmm. It needed to come out, you know, years ago. Um, we have freaking two Spider-Man franchises going <laughs> right now. I mean, like, and it, it's it's not the movie's fault. I mean, it's the character. I oh always had a you know a Spider-Man kind of feel to it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's just the that's just the. That's just wow. the character's origin. And, um, I mean, the director did a great job. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. It's a good movie. I think it's actually kind of a better movie than Flash, even though I'd, I'd probably rather rewatch Flash because Flash felt a little more fresh, a little more different. But, I mean, it, it's, it, it's better than, you know, I'll say this it's better than everything. Marvel has put out since Endgame. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's saying anything. Like it's definitely better than Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and uh, and it's yeah, it's better than like Black Widow. But it also has a lot of the same problems as those movies, right? There, it just kind of feels very familiar. 
Uh, James Gunn has said that the Blue Beetle is definitely going to be part of his new franchise. Now, when the movie ended, does it feel like it's going to be able to fit in this new DCEU James Gunn produced fans franchise? Or, or absolutely? Oh, really? Does it feel? Well, like I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell James Gunn's doing. Right. <laughs> I don't know. So does but, it feel uh, like Shazam? It feels like it could be in the same universe as Shazam, but yeah. I think Shazam was supposed. I think James Gunn wanted Shazam to be part of his universe, That's right? Because in like, yeah, and the, and the post credits for Shazam: Fearing the Gods, oh, we, yeah. we see we see his wife, right? <laughs> so I mean, I think he had plans for it. Yeah, it's true. And um, but then again, we also see his wife in uh, Black Adam. <laughs> oh, oh, we do. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, this is better than this is better than Shazam: Fury of the Gods. It's not, I, it's to me, it's not. You know what? Fuck, I was gonna say it's not better than the first Shazam, but it, it might be just as good as the first Shazam. It's just the first Shazam came out so many years ago, and that was a different time. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, well, I mean, here's the here's the here's genre the po- is so the genre is so tired right now. Right here, here's the positive. I mean, because like initially, this movie was made for hbo max it was going to be a streaming service or it's going to be a streaming original film so the fact that it was able you know it was made for the small screen and and so that that you know critics haven't really bashed it It, 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 it's doing pretty well critic wise i think that's a that's a major accomplishment when especially when when the movie was meant for such a kind of a small screen debut because you know what's frustrating is though like this exact same movie don't change the thing this exact same movie if it came out like just six years ago oh would have been everything huge, would, would everything would be, be complete yeah everything would be completely different mm-hmm. and i just don't it's just frustrating that i guess that that just took this long mm-hmm. and yeah i mean that's it i guess <laughs> <laughs> okay so blue beetle which is uh, out now in theaters, and uh, it's I don't know if it's tracking that well, but you know, there's a potential that it might catch on and it might it might do better than expected. But still, I hope it does. Still, I know. hope it does because I because I because I, it I do think it's a good movie. I I I like like I said I was I recently did my my list of um, my favorite movies of this of this year of uh, 2023, and I mean I have it at number eleven. And I do have it in front of like you know a lot of movies that people seem to love and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's a good movie. It's just you know it's not great, you know. Yeah. And you know, but I'll say this: at number ten, at number ten, I have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and you know I didn't love that movie as much as a lot of other people, but people seem to really, really love that movie and say mm-hmm. that it's like one of the greatest movies of all time. And I think Blue Beetle's like about just as good so (laughs) so there's that you know i don't you know maybe some people will like it more Uh, hopefully all the people that watch spider-man give it a chance because i know they'll like it i just i don't i don't know if they're interested in watching it uh before we go uh, here answer me this question it's uh sholo marduena is he a major star is he a major actor I think he's really good in the movie. I mean, I I think he's gotten a lot better on Cobra Kai. Like, if you go back and watch that first season, you know he he wasn't great. I mean, he was pretty he was pretty young. He was very young. Right. 
but I mean, he's gotten a, he got a lot better on that show as as a, as the show you know progressed over the years, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's just as good as in this movie as he is in uh you know like the the last season of of the show. So um, yeah, he's good, but you know, I I don't see him winning any Oscars or anything like that. But I I can't see him leading the uh, an action franchise, I guess. Yeah, I mean, is there potential for him like to go beyond like say comic book uh, movies and and become like a, a you know a a leading yeah you know, whatever whatever a leading man is nowadays like a ro- but... like a, like a ro- romantic comedy guy or or just like com- dramas I guess movie. or or just a real you know like a just a working actor <laughs> I, I don't know I mean well 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 yeah or is but, he, I mean, or he you know, is he just like a TV you know he has that TV sensibility he's only a TV star. Well, the, he's still young, also. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, I think I think he's gotten so much better uh, over the years on on Cobra Kai that this is this is just kind of a next step in his career, and I think he's he'll just continue getting better. But I don't think I don't think I don't see him and I don't see him doing that just yet. Okay. All right, that is Blue Beetle, and you're saying it's almost as good as across the uh, the across the Spider Verse. Yeah, but I also don't love that movie as much as everyone. So I mean, so yeah. But you, know, hey man, this this is a good movie. Like if, like, this is the type of comic book movie you know I was asking for you know years right, ago, right, and right. not just because, and not just because you know it, it it's uh you know a, a Latino superhero, but specifically because like it's a contained story. It's um it, it has the the kind of the the feel the comic book feel of like the kind of the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies it feels like a, a comic book movie mm-hmm. and um you know the action is great you know all the characters are likable you know it has all the elements it's just you know it's very familiar but it, it's it's what's frustrating is like I I, I hope this, I really hope this movie does well because it it's definitely in the position where the, the sequel can be so much better because mm-hmm. the sequel can be you know anything right the sequel doesn't have to follow this like superhero guidebook which i mean this origin story kind of kind of does i mean it's not the movie's fault i mean that's just that's just the, the character's story so i mean i hope a sequel gets made yeah uh george lopez was he good in the movie was he funny He's good. I mean, I think people are kind of overhype, overhyping his performance. Yeah, but he's 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 good in the movie. I think everyone's good in the movie. Um, I do think the movie would have maybe been better if uh, there was more Spanish. There's a lot of Spanish in the movie, but it, it would have been. I just think it would have been it felt a little more authentic if um if we saw a bit more English subtitles throughout the movie because. When, uh, especially when the dad, when the dad spoke English, like his accent was so rough that I was like, it just speaks in Spanish. Like that's, that's more believable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it, when the accent's rough, like it's hard for me to believe, to buy that the character would speak with his family, you know, with a, with a thing, you know, English, yeah, with a thing accent. Yeah. With a fake, with like, basically with his like, you know, a vo- white man voice or whatever. <laughs> And like, because when we speak him, because he speaks in like regular Spanish like, a lot throughout the movie, and it's like, oh, that that feels so natural. He just he should just be like that throughout the whole movie. 
because there are characters like i think the grandma she speaks spanish the whole movie mm-hmm. and like her she's like her 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 whole performance is in spanish and i, I just wish for the dad it was also like that because it just be a, a bit more believable for me i maybe that's a personal thing but i don't know <laughs> all right there you go uh blue beetle uh out now in theaters raymond loves it but also says it suffers from comic fatigue comic book fatigue or you know even comic book tropes it's not the movie's fault though yeah it's not the movie's fault though but yeah i mean i still recommend it i give it like an eight out of ten i guess um, well that's pretty good it's pretty good yeah because it's because it's like it's a good comic book movie it's just you know it's it came out at such a terrible time so uh, all the whole group of uh meg to haunted mansion uh talk to me uh grant reasonable uh blue beetle which which one is blue beetle on top of that or i guess talk, talk to, to me, me is on top but yeah talk to me uh talk to me then then blue beetle then gran turismo and gran turismo and blue beetle are basically tied oh, okay all right that does it for this episode of inside flicks thank you for listening we'll be back next week i'm sure raymond's going to be watching a ton of more new movies uh in theaters and we'll talk to him about that and rich is going to be watching suits season <laughs> oh, no, i'm uh, done with that okay as well. i think i think i'm i think i'm finally gonna watch barbie this weekend so we'll oh. see about that are you and we we should just mention that uh about hawaii maui Stay oh, strong. Yeah. Stay strong with Hawaii, and also we're having a hurricane over here, in, or a potential hurricane in or in Southern California. So there's potential damage there too. Uh, so everyone, pray for everybody. The world, you know, the climate change is real, and and uh, we're having some strange weather this summer, and also you know disasters, and and so I'll just you know pray for everybody. All right, that does it for this episode. Thank you, and we'll be back next week. All right, bye-bye, everyone.